Well, good morning and welcome to Grace Covenant Church. We're so glad to have a lot of our regular attenders present, as well as many of you who are returning to Grace to say hi to Pastor Farrell and celebrate his some 30 years at Grace Covenant Church. Are you aware that this is a rare treat? This is a rare treat. In an age where many ministers are burning out and flailing out and giving up uh, to celebrate someone who's been faithful for 30 years is truly, truly remarkable. And so what an event. Ric Flair perhaps said it best. He said, I am... (laughs) Only in Charlotte, North Carolina... Would you laugh before I finish the joke (laughs) about Ric Flair? He said, I am the man of the hour, the tower of power and too sweet to be sour. Make you say, oh, like Jerry Clower. It just doesn't get any better than me. It's what Ric Flair said. Now, I will tell you that we know this is all supposed to be about God and his sovereignty and about his faithfulness to us, and we sing to him, and that is all true. He is preeminent. He is the one who is worthy of the highest praise. But I'm here to tell you there's also kind of a legend in our midst that as a human being has taken many hard knocks and continued to lead well and to serve the church that Jesus Christ died for. So I'm just honored today to celebrate Pastor Farrell. We're going to be celebrating him toward the end of today's service. Before we do, we have a wonderful guest who's going to be bringing today's message. Randy Remington is the president of the Foursquare Church, which is comprised of nearly 1,900 churches, Randy has bachelor's and master's degrees from Life Pacific Bible College. And I will tell you, I heard Randy share at our Foursquare Atlantic Regional Conference. He absolutely blessed us on that occasion. Will you join me in giving a kind Grace Covenant welcome to Randy Remington? Thanks, Pastor. Bless you. Thank you, Pastor Zach. Well, good morning. morning. This is a really meaningful uh, opportunity to get to share in this day with you. And I could only imagine the registered disappointment in many of you um, as I was being introduced to come up here. Because you probably were thinking, no, wait a second, this was his last shot at it. And we need to to hear him. And, uh, but... Let me, let me just frame this for you a little bit. Three years ago, I was sitting right where Pastor Farrell is sitting today. Um, my wife and I had been pastoring a church for almost 20 years, and we unexpectedly, or had not anticipated or never even thought we would be asked to serve in this role. And so it was a little bit more of an abrupt, sudden season of change for us, and we sat in a morning like this, uh, where it was going to be our last Sunday officially 
um, in that assignment and in that role. And I had to preach. And I was not able to do that very well. They were gracious. They suffered through what was a horrible sermon. Uh, uh, as I was just, you know, trying not to be full of self-pity. And uh, what did I do? This is a grave mistake. Let's rewind the tape. Um, put the toothpaste back in the tube. But, uh, but they showed this 20-year video of our time there, which you're going to see here in a few minutes, that's going to chronicle the journey of Pastor Farrell's uh, and Charlotte's tenure here. And I leaned over to my wife at the end of that video, and I said, that was a 20-year chronicling of, of your changing hairstyles and my fluctuating weight. Uh, I was like, wow, I look good there. Ooh, what happened? Uh, <laughs> I ate my way through some pain in that season. And, uh, uh, but I can tell you firsthand um, that this is a joyful morning full of confidence for Pastor uh, Farrell and Charlotte, but there's mixed emotions on a day like this, uh, and it stands to reason that there's no, there's no doubts, there's no question as to the rightness and the spirits leading in all of this, but it's, it's a bittersweet moment because things change, roles change, assignments change, but you anchor to the things in these moments of change to the things that never change. And one of the things that will never change is that Jesus is the Lord of this church. Jesus is the head of this church. He always has been. That was true long before Pastor Farrell came. Uh, that'll be true during the, the leadership era and time of Pastor Zach. And, it'll, and should Jesus tarry, it'll be true for generations to come, even beyond Pastor Zach's leadership. And we really have confidence in that. I remember... At the age of 29, I was asked to go from a church of 300 to 3,000 people. And I, my first morning, I was in the prayer room like at four in the morning panicking. Like, what am I doing here? And I had this revelation, and the revelation was this, that I didn't put myself there, Jesus put me there, so therefore it was his responsibility. And so I, I, it was very freeing because something shifted and I just said, well, Jesus, you get all the glory, you get all the praise, everything that good that takes place and transformational, that's, you get all the glory, but I ain't taking the rap of this thing goes down either because <laughs> you, you don't get it both ways. You don't just get all the glory and then I get all the liability. This is all on you. Uh, so I'm just showing up for duty. Uh, this is yours. And when you ascribe ownership of the church to Jesus, that you are the sheep of his pastor, um, that, that, that you're the flock of God under their care, as First Peter 5 says, but they get to serve as under shepherds to the chief shepherd. And the reason I wanted to take a few minutes here today and go to the, I should say, the scripture I want to go to, because I want to affirm something in Pastor Farrell this morning. I was so grateful to get to observe and watch um, online, the installation service of Pastor Zach, and what a significant um, beginning, what a consecrated moment. Um, something imparted, something prophetically uh, mantled in that moment, and there is something really, uh, you have just cause and reason to be hopeful and anticipatory, and it's okay. Pastor Farrell would love it if you would be excited about the future. 
He, he's not going to take it personally if you're really excited. If you really like Pastor Zach's preaching, even if you like his preaching better than his, he's going to be okay with that. He will actually would love to see Pastor Zach in this next season lead in ways that, that he knew that this church season needed his leadership to do. And so uh, I just want to affirm some things, though, this morning about Pastor Farrell. Because this isn't to diminish or to take away or to try to steal the glory that belongs to Jesus in any way. But as Pastor Zach said, this is a rare occasion that we would get to do something like this. That we would get to celebrate the conclusion of a season and an assignment where somebody finished well. Um, they're... No, like, listen to this. This is, I'm, I'm, no, okay, let it go, let it go, let it go. There you go. Um, you're you're going to get multiple opportunities through the morning to do that, but I, I'll just, if you got to let her fly, let it fly. Uh, but but I, I, just, I just really want to tell you, I'm in a role now where I work, I get to pastor pastors. That's my job, basically. And to come to moments like this, where I look at pastors, Farrell and Charlotte, and his heart's in a good place. He's not grumpy. He's not fussy. Uh, he's not that neighbor, like, get off my lawn. You know, he's not that guy. Um, he loves Jesus still. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He loves the church. He's full of hope and vision still about the future. Um, he's not just crawling to the finish line, you know, like the wounded soldier, like, I'm coming, hold the fort. I mean, he's finishing really strong with his heart in a good place. And we had dinner last night, and I listened very carefully for the things that would come out of his mouth in a moment like this. It wasn't like, man, I am so glad I can't get out of there fast enough. It was, <laughs> it was, like, it, it was like, man, I should have never left. It was none of that. His heart for you his heart for the city, his heart for the mission that God has entrusted to this place, to this people, this community, his heart for Pastor Zach, and his heart for his family. Just, it just bleeds out. It just came out. And to me, that was an evidence of health. That if I can say anything about Pastor Farrell, it's this. And it's why I want to come to the scripture that I want to read this morning that he embodied the very message he preached to you. That, that he lived what he taught. That the message and the messenger were congruent. There was, there was no hypocrisy. There was no um, uh, double-mindedness. There was no duplicity. He is who he presented himself to be. And that's, that's pretty remarkable because nobody's claiming perfection in a leader, but they're saying there was integrity in that leader. And that's something that's really remarkable in today's day and age because not to be a Debbie Downer, but, but here's some of the day that we live in. Think about 30 years of leadership and he wasn't a greedy leader. He didn't create a world where he was personally entitled and prospered personally at the expense of others 30 years without a financial scandal or financial impropriety. There's financial integrity here. 30 years without a moral failure. He was a one-woman man. 
Uh, can I? Can you say it like that? That that clearly. He. Um, He had a good reputation. I'm not saying, listen, that's not to take a shot at anybody who has found a place of struggle in their story where Jesus is forgiving and redeeming and healing. I'm just saying we're celebrating because that's, isn't that what we all want to walk in, that kind of fidelity and faithfulness and Jesus' grace to do that. 30 years of a good reputation with outsiders, as the scripture says. Have you ever been out in public with him? It's like... People greeting him, you move five feet, someone else comes up to him and greets him, and then you move five more feet, and it's like, I feel like a pastor's kid after church trying to get out of church, you know, like, can we please, you know, like, that little restaurant we were in last night, it took like 20 minutes to get through the restaurant and get out the door. It's like, he, a good reputation, um, a man that has a good name, um, gracious and compassionate, able to teach, um, that's a requirement in scripture because the, uh, the requirements for, for leadership in the church, they, they don't really have to do with things like charisma and even natural giftings. They have to do everything with character. And that's why the scripture says, if you wanna look for the qualifications for somebody to lead in the church, go to their home. What are they like in the home? Because that's the true reflection of who they really are, those unguarded, those unscripted moments. And, and the church is like a family in that way. And so the, the teaching of a life isn't standing in a pulpit and proclaiming propositional kind of truths, but it's the impartation of thus saith the Lord. What is God saying to us through his word? And how, how are we being pointed to Jesus? And then his family, he loves his family, and his family loves him 30 years um, of a man who's exhibited self-control and moderation in his life, all the qualifications for eldership and leadership in the church that, that were evident when he was put into this role are even more evident and obvious today 30 years later. That means that he walked with Jesus because that can't happen in the crucible and the pressure cooker and the tensions and the responsibilities of ministry. Because in the scripture, a leader isn't somebody who does a certain kind of job. A leader is a certain kind of person. And they didn't come out of some magical pool of people somewhere. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying that God has called somebody to walk in such a way that they can say, follow me as I follow Jesus. And I want to look at this scripture, if you will, real quickly. I just want to read it and just make some devotional thoughts. And, and then we're going to move on and laugh and celebrate and, and then feast on whatever reading out there. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in Paul's writing in the scriptures, the last letter he writes to a group of people is the book of Philippians. So this church at Philippi was very close to him. He partnered with them in the gospel. They partnered with him and stood with him and supported him. And so he's facing imminent death in a Roman prison cell. He's, he's about to literally lay down his life because he refuses to disown Jesus as Lord and uh, stop preaching that truth and message. So he's going to face death for that. But the empire is just not going to have it. So he writes, the last letter he writes is to a group of people. And then the very last letter he writes is to an individual. And that's what we have in 2 Timothy. He writes to a son in the Lord, a son in the faith. So he's writing to this man named Timothy. 
And so First and Second Timothy are personal letters. They're, they're pastoral mentoring and how to lead. And Timothy is pastoring in a city called Ephesus. It's, a, it's a really um, one of the most significant cities in the Roman Empire at the time. And the church at Ephesus is very significant in its story and history. So these are last words. There's a lot of context we could give around this section of scripture, but I just want to I want to read it as a point of reflection and honor this morning as we celebrate Pastor Farrell and Charlotte. 2 Timothy Timothy 3, verse 10, you, so he's speaking to Timothy, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, and sufferings. Let me stop there for a moment. Basically, he's saying to Timothy, you lived in proximity to me, close proximity. You didn't just know me from a distance. I wasn't somebody just on a platform who um, I listened to once a week. You and I had this relationship where we journeyed together. We've logged some miles together. You've seen me in really hard circumstances. You've seen me in dark nights of the soul. You've seen me in these moments of travail and pressure. And there is spiritual pressure when you stand in these roles. And I want to say this. I know if you're a first responder or if you're a school teacher, if you're a nurse, I mean, there are so many places of service and so many places vocationally where we give our lives in ministry that have incredible pressures. So this isn't to minimize any of that in comparison. But there's a principle in the scripture that's really Jesus stated it this way, smite the shepherd, scatter the sheep. So if we can take out the shepherd, we can wound the flock. And so there's an intensity of spiritual opposition and focus that comes, and that's why I would really want to encourage you, pray for your pastor, pray for Pastor Zach, he needs your prayers. Not only is the responsibility big, but there's a spiritual um, assignment of opposition that's directed there, because if we can take out the leader, we can take out the whole. And so there's this sense of intensity and opposition. Physically, he literally suffered and persecuted. And this is what he's saying to Timothy. You know me. You know how I lived my life, the way I lived. You know what I taught. You you know how I endured. You know the pressures that I faced. And then it says this in verse 14, jumping down, he says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, now listen to this, because you know from those from whom you've learned it. You know from those who taught you these things. You can hold fast to certain things because you go to the scripture and obviously this is the word of God, the things that you have been taught, but this is what the scripture gives you permission to do. I can trust these words because I know who I learned them from. I know who taught them to me. I have a son who's getting married uh, this summer. He's 30. It's about time. Um, he went through a season in his 20s. He's, he's a software engineer. He came out of the womb just intellectual. Came out of the womb con- emotionally constipated is what we say uh, uh, about him. <laughs> And he just had, he challenged everything, had questions about everything just from birth. You know, I could say, this pulpit is black. And he'll go, who says? Why does that get to be? Do you, do, how do I know you're telling me? And it's like, it just is. Uh, 
In his 20s, reading his annual read through the Bible thing that we did every year since he was in fourth grade that he and I did together, sophomore in college, he deconstructed his faith with just, it's a story in and of itself. And it put him on this seven-year journey where he came full, full circle back to a renewed faith in Jesus and is marrying a godly woman they love and they're serving Jesus. And so that's a story in and of itself. But I told him this at one point in the middle of it. I said, Joe, you know what the difference is between all those people on those Reddit threads you're interacting with about faith versus me? I love you. They don't. What they're telling you doesn't come from a place of proximity. You don't know their life. You know what they're telling you propositionally up here. What they're trying to, to present to you is uh, uh, a way of thinking and a way of viewing the world and life and, and, and philosophy, whatever. But, but, Joe, you don't know them. You know me. You've seen me. You've lived in my home. I love you. There's something not to be minimized about that. There's something trustworthy that comes when you know somebody's life and you've walked in proximity, up close, seen them behind the scenes in those moments. And so when you come to this place, this is what Paul is saying. saying, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Charlotte could probably come up here and tell us, Pastor Farrell's not perfect. Uh, Nobody says he is. But he was a man who loved you and a man who pointed you to Jesus. And you can say, I know the way you lived your life. I know that you love Jesus. I know that you love us. And we don't want to forget the things we've learned, but we don't want to forget who we've learned them from. And those things are really powerful. And the thing that I admire is one of the things Paul said to Timothy is that you know about my endurance you know, about my patience. You, you know, it's one of the things you could say about Pastor Farrell for 30 years is he wouldn't go away. Um, he, just, he just kind of was like the raccoon on the back porch. He just kept showing up. And, uh, and the, the longer I'm in ministry, the more I really admire that, that you push through quitting points, you stay faithful, you, you kind of become the Cal Ripken um, of the ministry, which is a little better reference than Ric Flair. Uh, if, you, if, if, if you need to Google it, but uh, Cal Ripken has, the, has played the most consecutive baseball games ever without a break, 2,600 games in a row without missing a game. Just, it's incredible. But the perseverance. But there was something about not you just, you didn't keep showing up, you showed us. You showed us how to live, and you did that in very practical ways. My uh, wife and I were in Starbucks a while back, because I abuse coffee. That's the only thing I abuse. And we were, this Starbucks had a drive through line that you can come through this way, or you can merge in this way, buying through the alleys. Most people don't know this way. And one morning, it's raining in Oregon, which is normative, and, and the line's snaking all the way around here. It's this long line, and I'm working my way up, and about right up here to the ordering place, this person comes in and just tries to nudge in. And something in me just went... No. No. And so I kind of pulled in a little head, and then he pulled in a little head, and I, like, we're about to just, like, touch bumpers, and my wife, whose voice often sounds like the Holy Spirit's, she, uh, she, she said, are you really going to act like that? 
And I'm like, but we've been waiting in line and it was like, no fair. And it's like, so finally I'm like, you know, come on, come on. So we eventually make our, give our order and get up to the front. And I start handing my card to the, to the lady at the window and she says, oh no, the guy in front of you said he was running late and that you were kind and let him in so he wanted to pay for your order. And, um, and I said, oh, can, I, can I order some more? And uh, so, um, and then the, and then the lady said, the, the young gal said to me, and she goes, and I wasn't surprised, Pastor Andy, because I know you. And she, she went to our church. I didn't know it. And handed me my coffee. Oh, made me proud. That's who you are. And I'm like, if you only knew. If, if. I'm not a cussing man, but I was about to. I, I was like, like, I, I, I know that um, sometimes you think people go like, oh, you're so godly, like only if you knew, if you knew how real the flesh was. And the, the point being, though, is that nobody's looking at Pastor Zach moving into the future, nor did we look to Pastor Farrell and just say, you're, you're people without flaws. We... You're not a person in process. You're still being sanctified. We know that. We're not saying that they aren't those things, but we're saying that there's something about their lives that they don't just point the way, they show us the way and they lead the way in that. And that's the burden of leadership. That's the burden and the responsibility of that. But in that, it's motivated by one thing. It's motivated by love for Jesus and love for Jesus's people. And so I want to pray with you this morning as we continue, and I just want to pray over you, speak peace, thankful for the presence and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It's okay to grieve losses in the sense where seasons change, and it's divine that endings would happen. God starts things and God ends things. There's seasons, and it's okay to shed a tear, it's okay to fill a lump in your throat, it's okay to say you're gonna miss somebody who's loved you and served you well, somebody who has walked in humility, somebody who's walked in integrity, somebody who's um, been faithful to steward their assignment and their gifts with the grace that Jesus gives. And it's okay to remember not only the things you were taught, but it's okay to remember the ones who taught you those things. And God, I just thank you for seeds that have been sown, foundations that have been laid, fruitful seasons that have been entered into, trials and difficulties that have been endured and overcome, highs and lows, heartache and victories. Lord, all that have chronicled and been part of the story of the last 30 years, but this last 30 years, now cast a shadow of hope over a future because you're the same God. And we know that we're not just interchangeable parts in any part of your kingdom or any part of your family or body, no matter who we are. But yet, Lord, in the end, even as we pass batons and we change seats and there's new assignments and people come and go, you remain the same. And you're a place of steadfast faith 
and a place where we can anchor our hope and trust. And I thank you for a legacy of ministry that is pointed to you, Jesus, that you are everything to us, that all life and godliness is found in you. It's in you that we live and move and have our very being. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In 1986, two things, two things happened at that point. In 86, my wife and I got married, pretty significant day. But also in 1986, we left Arkansas to go to Bible college. And this was our plan. Dad and I had concocted this plan that I was gonna go to Bible college, get this, for one year, and I was gonna learn all I could learn in one year. And then I was gonna go back to Arkansas and be an associate pastor to my dad who was the senior pastor of a congregation of 50 people. That was our plan. Now obviously, God had other plans. So the first time I met Farrell and Charlotte, we were freshmen at Mount Vernon Bible College in 1986. And my first impression of Farrell was that he is probably pretty country. He had a stonewashed jean jacket on and um, a curly mullet. He had not done a lot of public speaking and had not probably led from the front, but his work ethic and his commitment to excellence and learning uh, were evident. Yeah, he was a good old country boy. And uh, he drove a big old pickup truck, wore jeans and boots to the office all the time. And uh, so he was definitely uh, a country boy, diamond in the rough. He cut Miss Puckett's yard. He was at Miss Mary's banging nails. He cut down trees at the Craigs and the Wheelers. And he just, one night, he even went as far as to go into a bar at the request of someone's son pick up their dad, take him home so that the son could fly in and take care of his dad. He just fills his day with um, activity and I believe he um, is motivated by a love for Jesus and a love for people. And he said, and I realize that if the Holy Spirit does not show up, it's gonna be a mess. I don't have the great gift of communication that some other pastors do, but I have a heart for the Lord and a heart for his people. And we love him to death. He can see leadership in a leader and actually help them develop into more than what they thought they were. And I know that because I have experienced it firsthand in my own life. He recognized certain um, God-given abilities within me, and he let me fly. Um, let me take on some projects that I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would have the opportunity to do. He was always teachable. So he was never one of those that just thought he had all the answers. I've also always seen him turn to God in every situation. He carries a burden. It's a huge responsibility to lead a church of a multi-site campus church. And one of the things that I've appreciated about Pastor Farrell over the years, watching from a distance and now seeing firsthand, is him not following a, a fad or a trend. If you step into our campuses, what you see is the joy of the Lord on the faces and the hearts of people. Because they're not only connecting with those that are there, but they're having an experience with God that leads to change. Charlotte told me that she, um, when she and Farrell were first dating, that Farrell said, um, hey, I need you to know before this goes any further that I have been called 
by the Lord to be a pastor. And her response to that was quick and poignant. And she said, that's okay because I've been called to be a pastor's wife. Charlotte's role as a pastor's wife was ordained by God and it was her obedience to that call that has afforded both Farrell and this congregation to be the recipients of her faithfulness and her influence. He trusts her insights. She is a trusted advisor to him, and she usually calls it right. Um, so I, I have to admire a man who admires his wife. Farrell and Charlotte, using one word, as parents, I would say grateful. Grateful to have been given the opportunity to adopt Caleb and Grace. Grateful to the parents who selflessly chose to give their um, children up so that they could be raised and have a better life. And just grateful for the opportunity to grow as a parent. What I believe about Farrell and Charlotte is they don't think too highly of themselves. They're, they're humble people. They really exude a spirit of humility. They don't, um, there's not any pride there. And because of that, I think they can be themselves. They can be the brunt of a funny story or a play or, or a skit or something. And yeah. what are you talking about today at church? Well, it's going to be a great sermon this oh, morning. I'm going to be talking about wives submitting to husbands. Good grief! What did you do? Have breakfast with the age. But when Pastor Farrell uh, assumed that pastorate some 27 years ago, uh, Dr. and Mrs. Clanton were, were part of the congregation, and they were the founding pastors. It was a momentous day in the history of Grace Covenant, the day that a group of men, including Pastor Farrell, along with the Clantons, stood on what was just dirt here in this building or where this building stands now and pushed a shovel into the ground to break ground for what we have today. Um, and he's just, he is focused and, and doesn't waste a moment for his own life, but also for those that he um, influences and leads. And he just takes his um, relationship with the Lord um, ultimately without question. I mean, when you look around the church uh, on a Sunday, you see various people in our church congregation. You see so many people coming to talk to Pastor Farrell. And if you look in his face, you can see genuine joy every time he encounters people. Nothing is beneath him. It's quick to empty trash cans, quick to, to bust tables, uh, simply having that servant's heart. Jesus would say, let the children come unto me. Pharaoh is never too busy for anyone. And that includes even the littlest ones at Grace Covenant Church. He would take time for anyone. He's been a pastor, a boss, a friend, a mentor. That's a lot in one person. Awesome. Well, I would like to thank you, Pastor Randy, for bringing an encouraging word today. We were going to have you on stage with Pastor Farrell, but when you two showed up wearing nearly exactly the same outfit, 
we decided to keep you one at a time. Of course, we didn't want to bring that to anyone's attention here, which is why we're not doing that. Pastor Farrell and Charlotte, I would like to invite you guys to come up at this time and join me, please. While they're coming, I would like to remind you all that immediately following this service, we will be having a reception in the Grace Life Center. If you would leave any of these doors and take a left and go down the hallway and straight back, you'll find the reception area. Love you too, very much. You're amazing. Pastor Farrell, would you like to just share a few final words to the congregation before we celebrate you? Thank you. I would like to share something, but he's protected <laughs> you. He's protected you from me for 30 years, so I'll let it pass. <laughs> Thank you. But I said, I said most of what I had to say last Sunday, but it has been just an awesome privilege. Um, I feel like my wife and I should be honoring you and blessing you for what you allowed us uh, to be a part of for the past 30 years. An amazing, amazing ride to see what God has done. I, I feel like we've simply been um, a tool in the hands of the master mm -hmm. to be about his work, a conduit through which he could flow through. I was uh, out at the farm uh, enjoying the outdoors and I kind of had this picture of the donkey that carried Jesus into Jerusalem on the Palm Sunday road and I feel like again just another analogy that that's the privilege of what we've been able to do for the past uh, 30 years is, is just carry people to Jesus and it's been an awesome privilege and uh, you know the, the great thing in life is about who you get to share life with. And God, for whatever reason, by his grace, chose to allow us to be here for this season to steward the responsibility of, of leading this congregation. And again, it's been awesome. Um, not always been easy, but God's been faithful um, to do in our lives and through our lives more than we ever would have dreamt possible. So thank you. We, uh, if I don't get to speak with all of you, know that from Charlotte and I, we love each one of you dearly. And again, we're just so grateful for you and that we've had the privilege of being a small part of what God is doing and has done in your life. Um, whether you've been here a few months or whether you've been here, some of you have been here for the 27 years, 28 years that we've been leading. But again, it's been a phenomenal uh, privilege and we're so grateful. I would like to ask if we have any council members 
and or elders in the room, if you all would join me on the platform, on the wings, and we're going to pray for Pastor Farrell and Charlotte momentarily. If you're here, go ahead and come up at this time. While you're coming, we have some gifts for each of you. Charlotte, first, we have a gift that we would like to give you, Charlotte, as an expression of our gratitude. It's uh, often that you're doing things behind the scenes and not in the spotlight, but you have been an advocate and a supporter for Pastor Farrell for many years. And the strength that undergirds a man and his spouse is unmatched and invaluable. So thank you, Charlotte, for being a support to Pastor Farrell for some 30 years. It's a cross necklace, if you were unable to see. And Pastor Farrell, uh, we really tried to get your gift here on time, but it didn't arrive. You've heard of a presidential bust, a bronze sculpture. (laughs) We have en route a pastoral bust that will be encased in glass at the back of I'm teasing. You know I'm teasing. (laughs) He doesn't like to be noticed and seen, so I just had... Actually, we do have a gift for you, and this is something you will be proud. This is a real axe, and it has engraved forever pastor and friend with a Grace Covenant logo. If you know Pastor Farrell, you know he loves the woodpile, and so here's for a few more years at the woodpile. If you guys could step up here and everyone gather around, we're going to pray for Pastor Farrell in Charlotte. Would you extend your hands this way, congregation? Heavenly Father, what a milestone. Lord, what an an Ebenezer stone. What, What a day to look back on and be grateful. Lord, what an honor to be led by such an amazing man in Pastor Farrell and his wife Charlotte. And so, Lord, we just, we dedicate their future to you this morning. Lord, we just pray for an incredible season that they're about to embark upon. Lord, that your joy and peace would would be present in their home, in their RV as they travel. Lord, everywhere they go, to national parks, to sites, Lord, that they would enjoy your creation. Lord, that they would fall in love with you in a new and fresh way. Lord, that they would experience each other's company and fall in love with each other in a new and fresh way. Lord, I just pray that their latter would be greater than their past. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We pray that you would bless Pastor Farrell and Charlotte today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen.
You guys are awesome. Thank you. We're going to dismiss Pastor Farrell and Charlotte so that they can prepare to receive your congratulations in the Life Center. Also, we're going to dismiss our campuses at this time. So thank you, East Lincoln, and also Mooresville for joining in with us today. And I'd like to remind you all that prayer with our elders and communion is available each week at the altar before you leave. God bless you. We'll see you again soon.